Attention radio listeners. Oh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please get me out of this game. You weren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Shays came into the basketball game. Jim Bayheim has inserted Shays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome, a beautiful snowy day here somewhere in America, and uh, with Centers of Attention with uh, Atan Thomas, I'm Danny Shays, and we are ready for another fabulous day of sports. we got the fire hose of sports going on today, and uh, Atan, I mean, I think right now the, you know, the biggest you know, crazy story of the week is uh, the NBA in China. They played their yeah. preseason game this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, but this is the story that that won't go away, and we're gonna, uh, you know, this is one milestone to see if the game was gonna happen. But they've already pulled the plug on a bunch of things. They've canceled all the press events, Adam Silver's press conference, fan events, took down NBA signage, and uh, it took uh, took all the. There's two games in in China. They're both pulled from the Chinese television. Uh, so that, the question is, how far will this go before China is satisfied that they got their pound of flesh? You know, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, Jamel Hill wrote a, wrote a great column, and it's called The NBA is Going to Have to Choose. And, um, you know, the byline said pro basketball was a progressive beacon, allowing players and coaches to speak their mind freely and then China got involved. And we talked about this a little bit um, earlier this week. But, it, it, you know, everything is changed now. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, it's really, we said it before, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. But the NBA does have to make a decision. And, you know, it, it typically they everybody goes where the money is. And everybody knows that China is where the money is. You know what I mean? Technology is where, you know, that that's where the money is. That's where China is. You know, if all the people, it's interesting seeing people, um, you know, use their products made in China, you know, their, their, their phone and their camera phone to protest and, and say that they're against uh, China. You know what I mean? So it's, you, you have to understand how much China has a their hand in everything so but then you have to look at okay does the business deal override um, your sense of humanity and look at some of the human rights violations which are clear human rights violations um, and say okay so can we not speak about this and it's just interesting. The whole thing is interesting. Like, I, this came all the way out of left field for me. I didn't really see this coming at all. And uh, like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. But uh, we'll, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think the thing that intrigues me the most about this whole story is just how, you know, the, the tweet heard around the world, as it's being called, mm-hmm. has exposed so many things that were just best left unexposed. Okay, so I mean, well, in no particular order. Uh-huh. Right? First, you've got you know the NBA, who is a leader in uh, you know advocacy, supporting their players to come out and say stuff, take stands. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but then in this case, you know, Adams, you know, the commissioner Adam Silver is is you know saying the right things. We support our players, 
But then on the flip side, now they cancel all the press availability. They cancel all even Adam Silver's press conference because clearly they don't want players having to be put in the position of answering the question. And uh, so all that has been, you know, kind of pushed under the rug. They're trying to walk the tightrope between, well, we're not the government. It's not our job to, as Adam said, to adjudicate these issues, we're an entertainment business. But again, we talked about you can't put that genie back in the bottle. You right, know, once it's right. Out. The, you know, so, Adam, are you are you taking a stand or are you not taking a stand? Now you have uh, Steve see, Kerr, who has been interject, wait, the, go Before ahead. you go even there, I, I've got to interject because, you know, Adam Silver's my guy. Like, I've been praising him nonstop. I love you Adam. Know, I, I interviewed not, him in my book. Issue. Adam, the best commissioner in sports. Oh, you not know, even a question. He's a in a huge no win, improvement. A huge he's improvement in a no from David situation. He's right, in a no but, situation. but he he has to very carefully uh, craft his words when he makes statements. He can't say we're just entertainment and we don't have any influence on the, or you know weighing in on political issues. No, you cannot say that, Adam Silver. You can't say that. You can't say that and praise players for for using their platforms uh, to influence political issues. And you can't you can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? Well, you can't say the same thing. Here's where that comes into play. It's one thing to be a front runner advocate, right? Mm-hmm. It's another thing, but you only find out what you're made of, as you know, when it costs you something. Right. And now they're in the position where it's going to cost them something. Now, in Adam's situation, where he's really stuck, is obvious. I'm going to say obviously because you know, as well as I know Adam and what he you know, he stands for, you know, integrity is a, is a obviously a key point of him and and how he operates. You saw definitely with the uh, with the Clippers thing, right? With right, uh, right. when they got rid of Donald Sterling, like immediately mm-hmm. jumped on that and, and all the things he's represented over the years. But now he's in the position of maybe privately believing in one thing, but publicly he needs, you know, his job is to advocate for owners, which is make money in markets, right? Mm, uh, good point. So their good mission point. is not to change the world. Their mission is to spread basketball and, and you know, earn money for the owners. So he's in this kind of position where he's now at odds. So that's item number one. But now you got... Guys like Steve Kerr, who came out and, you know, every social issue jumps over, uh, you know, jumps, jumps in the way and he's criticizing Donald Trump. First guy mm-hmm. refusing to go to the White House, calls mm-hmm. Donald Trump all kind of names. And this is mm-hmm. a guy with cachet. His dad was an ambassador, uh, yes. you know, grew up in that. I mean, he's an incredible story uh, as far as understanding all this. For those of you who don't know, his dad was assassinated in Lebanon yes. when he was in college. Yep. And so this is a guy with cachet to say something, right? This isn't right. just, a, you know, some Hollywood star, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But now he comes out for these issues, but he's clearly been told, don't say anything, at mm-hmm. least that's my interpretation of it. Because here's mm-hmm. a guy who does say things, and you know, probably the we, you know, he would have been better off if he just said they told me not to say anything, instead of kind of this you know you know half-assed kind of response he gave. So now he's well, being and, called and out. Well, and let me and let me and let, now let me let me push back on that a little bit because I also interviewed uh, Steve Kerr for my book, and I've I've listened to some of the different um, criticisms like the one that you just gave, and this is what I would say, you know, in, in you know I I saw Trump. um, specifically address Steve Kerr and specifically say that now he, you know, what you kind of repeat what you just said is that now he doesn't want to say anything. Um, Now, it's interesting in that that logic, because on one hand, the 
those same people, you know, as as Trump, as as a lot of the, the the naysayers to athlete activism have been pushing back on athletes saying anything, saying that it's not your place to say anything. But now when there's something that they agree with that they want them to say something on, they're saying, oh, well, why aren't you saying anything now? You can't have it both ways either. Either. You know what I mean? You got to be able to pick what either you want athletes to say something or you don't. It can, you can't use the, the argument. And, I, and listen, I just criticize Adam Silver and I can criticize Trump the same way. You can't have it both ways in either either way either you're for athletes using their voices or you're not for your athletes using a voice but it can't only be that you are going to praise it when it's it's something that you agree with and that you are on the side of absolutely and that's actually where you know I think you know and again I'm huge Steve Kerr fan right I think he's an incredible Mm -hmm. story quality guy so this is never a Steve Kerr issue I'm just saying that it puts him in the position of you know, you you expressed your advocacy in a lot of areas, but now mm-hmm. this is one that's in the forefront, right? It's hard. So, it, but it's in, now it costs you something, right? He's got to be sitting there going, "Well, do I want to lose my job over this?" Uh, because you know, we still don't know what's going to satisfy China moving forward. They've already canceled eleven of the thirteen, um, uh, you know, partnerships. Uh, with the NBA, they've obviously canceled their TV contract. Uh, they've dropped all their, uh, you know, social events, you know, the the advocacy events. And the NBA, on their part, are still doing things they were planning on, donating computers and, and you know, some of these other things that were already in planning. So, right. uh, you know, to get this train back on the tracks, there's, you know, somebody's going to have to pay the price. Adam's job is to make that price as small as possible. But if push comes to shove, Daryl Morey or No China, you know that that's I think where the if you look at where the rubber's going to hit the road on this deal, uh, mm-hmm. you know China's not one to forget a slight or to let it go away or you know not like I said get their say their face saving pound of flesh. The question will be what will that end up being, and where will the players end up? Now they're going to have to answer the question sooner or later. You know, LeBron's coming back from China. He's you know, all these players. You know, James Harden. They're they're going to be asked this for the next month. Right. You know, where's sure. your position? So they're going to have to you know come up with something other than you know we love China. Let we're going to let Adam handle it. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, it was interesting. The Wizards had a um, preseason game, and um, Coach Scott Brooks was asked about it, um, and he skirted the question. So, uh, <laughs> so like immediately. I mean, it, they they asked him, um, you know, and he said, "Well, right now I'm focused on the game and what we have to do and what we have to be able to improve on." And then the the reporter asked him again, you know, a follow up, and then because because in in um, D.C. there was chance, there were chance right. of you know what I mean. Um, it was. During the, during the national anthem, there was chance, and there was different times throughout the game. So they asked uh, Coach Scott Brooks if he heard the chance, and his response was, I didn't hear the chance. I heard them right before the game, but I didn't hear the chance. And, and they asked him, did you instruct your players on how to uh, respond to this? And his response was, oh, you know, well, right now we're focused on the game. And, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, not everybody has to have an opinion on this. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I do, you know, Scott Brooks is somebody who has been, you know, giving his opinion on different, you know, topics and everything like that. If, if, if he's focused on the game, okay. But going back to even Steve Kerr, you know what I mean? Because you have an opinion on A, B, and C doesn't necessarily mean that you have to weigh in on D, E, and F. Do you know what I mean? So, and I understand that everybody now is, it's like, 
like a challenge. It's like, okay, y'all spoke out about police brutality. You spoke out about uh, about Trump, about the policies. So now let's see. I understand that that the 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 need to want to like challenge, you know, the speaking out and the activism. I get that completely. But I will say that not everybody has to speak out about everything. <laughs> so so that's the part where and and this is this a, a, going to be an interesting topic that is not going to go away, as you said, but it's going to be brought up in every coach is going to be asked this same question. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Well, it's interesting because you make a very important distinction between a Scott Brooks who's not a social activist. I mean, he clearly has his opinions. You're mm-hmm. another you know, high-quality guy, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just not been the, the socially active. And, but Steve Kerr has commented. He's, of course, he's been in the position of having to comment because they won championships. So right. he came up, are you going to the White House? But he's right. gone beyond that. I mean, he's been highly critical of the president. Mm-hmm. And, you, know, you and I had this conversation, and I would, I would have the opinion of saying, well, look, if, I, if I'm critical of the guy, and I have the opportunity to sit in his office for an hour. I'm going to take the opportunity and say, hey, while I'm there, let's talk about A, B, and C. So then you can actually make a difference. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a little a little difference of opinion on that as far as just saying, mm-hmm. screw him, I'm not going. Well, but, also, um, also, it's important to note, to note that uh, another part I want to keep referring to my book, but I did interview Craig Hodges in the book, who did uh-huh. just what you just said. Um, and he went to, to the president and just wanted to hand him a letter. You know, not even say, let's talk and let's everything like that. I just want to hand him a letter. And the way that the NBA came down on him, and he described how David Stern came down on him, and they said, you know, it, it was it was it was it was vicious so sometimes that doesn't always work now yes we know that adam silver is completely different to david stern but you have somebody an example of somebody who did just what you said and then they found themselves no longer playing in the league i, I got it. it it is it's a very complicated uh, you know whole scenario uh but again it goes back to the point that you find out what you're made of when it can cost you something Right. Uh, now let's take a, a, another little another little twist here. Jason Whitlock, as you know, the um, a reporter, has been very kind of vocal in this area, saying, "Look, it's the NBA's only part of it, but it's really Nike that is driving this." You know, Nike, uh, you know, is so connected into China, so dominant, uh, you know, way bigger than the NBA globally. Uh, their you know their top players, LeBron, etc., are Nike sponsored. And so really, Nike's the one who's coming in and saying, you know, don't say this, don't say that, uh, you know, for different players. And so that, how much, does that complicate it? You know, is that is that a real issue or or not? You know, having now Nike in the middle of it as well. I, I definitely, you know what, why, why don't we take a pause and then let's, let's finish this discussion. I think this is a, a two-segment discussion um, because there's so, <laughs> many, there's so many different layers to it. But why don't we do that? Why don't we take a pause and come back and we'll, we'll talk about Nike's involvement in the China discussion. All right, good, because I'm getting all lathered up, man. I love it. <laughs> all right, this is uh, Tom Thomas and Danny Shays on Centers of Attention, and we'll be right back. This is Centers of Attention with the Tom Thomas and Danny Shays. And we are back, brought to you by Fusillo Automotive. This is Centers of Attention with Atan Thomas and Danny Shays. And Atan, staying with this uh, NBA in China, there's, there's a couple of other elements that have come out of this that, again, uh, because it is China, because information is restricted, because the people don't have opinions, one of the things that I probably shocked a lot of Americans, because freedom of speech has been such a cornerstone of our society forever, uh, for the Chinese government coming out, coming out specifically and saying, 
when it comes to the government, we have no freedom of speech. There is no freedom of speech. That's not a thing we we are allowed here. Right. And I I think that's that's you know to be that like in your face about it. Uh, you know, I think has taken a lot of people back, and, and again, that's so that that's brought up a lot of questions about uh, you know my way or the highway. I mean, and a big player in this is uh, is Nike, who has huge manufacturing. Uh, China's twenty percent of their revenue. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, before before you even go to before you even go yeah. to Nike, because I want I want to stay on what you just said, my way or the highway. And one thing that we do have here in America is we have the ability to criticize. We have the ability to speak out against the government if we agree with it or not agree with it. Whether it's when Obama had eight years of criticism, you know, Trump has uh-huh. had plenty of criticism, and you know, and Trump's and had eight years have of criticism that. in two years. So that's uh... well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that, that's a good point. And, but but what we're saying is that everybody has the freedom to do that. It's not the same everywhere. And I want to talk about um, Enos Cantor, um, the Celtics player, who now um, he faces actually criminal charges in Turkey for publicly criticizing Turkey president. Um, I, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. But, um, you know, and his father was actually sentenced to like, you know, 20 years in prison for 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 doing the same thing. So and it's it's interesting when you see that level of, you know, my way or the highway. Um, you're not allowed to even whisper against the government. <laughs> so right now we're dealing with this this situation in, in, with with China, um, and yeah, a lot of people might agree with the human rights violations who are who are living in China, but you're probably not going to see too many uh, activists, you know, Chinese activists coming out against their their country and saying that pointing out the wrongs and the things of that nature and what it, because the, the the setup is different. Do you know what I mean? And and that's just the uh, the the difference in, in and, you know, comparing, you know, our freedom here in America to do this versus other countries because they simply don't have that freedom. Well, there was a, there was another element to that where I don't know if you saw the, the Chinese video gamer who won a major competition for Blizzard, which is Activision, mm-hmm. uh, and then donned the mask that the protesters wear uh, and said on the air, you know, I support the protesters. And his $10,000 prize was taken away, his, his championship was taken away, his ability to compete was taken away immediately. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're, you know, the Chinese will not let the message out that you have any wiggle room, you can't criticize. And so, uh, so the protesters in Hong Kong, it can, it can cost them something. And that's, right. you know, and that's, so that's where it comes. Now here in the U.S., you're right, we're not used to that. And so what price are will, we willing to pay to stand up for our principles, which is, you know, freedom of, you know, freedom, uh, all the freedoms across the board, freedom of speech, you know, freedom to assemble, all that. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking back, there was an old, old Russian comedian by the name of Yakov Shmirnov. I don't know if you remember this years ago. And one uh-huh. of his funny lines, he came over from Russia and he said, you know, Russia and America is not so different. In America, you're allowed to criticize your president. And in Russia, it's the same. You're allowed to criticize the American president. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's That's kind of the one. same thing over there, right? It's like, yeah, we, right. can, we can say bad things about America, and they can too. So it's not that different. But, right. But, you right. know, I mean, they're going to make the point that there's no wiggle room. There is no, no inch of dissension allowed. That's true. And so That's true. Now, now, that, now. Connect Nike yeah, so to it. That's why I brought yeah. the Activision up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Activision, major video game company. You know, they had to, you know, had to spank their, uh, you know, the protester. Uh, and how does that play out? That's a U.S. company, but big presence in China. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it is it's, it's, it's the dollar signs, you know what I mean, when it comes back to it. And, and it's just, do you do you push your principles aside for the love of money? And in most mm-hmm. companies and most businesses, the answer is yes. <laughs> your principles have nothing to do with it. And that's just, that's just the reality of capitalism. That's the way that it is. So whether you have, so, so if Nike is, and I don't want to go on a tangent about Nike, but if, if Nike is not going to feel, you know, principled to not have the sweatshops, uh, you know, and, it's not like you know, and that has been something that has been discussed for decades now. You know what I mean? And and, oh, yeah. and so now you know to expect Nike to take a principal position on on China. I mean, that's just I I, I don't think that's reality. <laughs> I don't well, think that's and, realistic. And I think what's happening here is is now guys are getting exposed, and you know, mores have changed. Right? We've t- we've talked about this in other areas, but now uh, you know, Me Too movement and all these other, you know, kind of civil rights and of every kind being at the forefront. And, you know, maybe things that you could push under the rug 10 years ago are harder to push under the rug now. And, uh, right. you know, you remember you, you talk about, it's been, been talked about for 20 years. You remember Kathy Lee Gifford had a clothing line and it came out that they were made in Chinese sweatshops and it was a, you know, she had to drop her whole clothing line. And so, because she, because of the principle of it, because she supported families and kids and all that. And as she uh-huh. should. So, uh, you know, but now people are getting exposed. Then the question comes up is, what about the Chinese fans? What, what do they think about all this? Do they know? Do they care? Do, like, is that an issue? Uh, game is sold out. Uh, you know, they played the preseason game this morning, as we had mentioned. Uh, game was sold out. Uh, supposedly, you know, very raucous crowd. Uh, and... Do they know much about this? It's hard to tell because, again, the flow of information is so controlled. But that's also going to be another big question is where do the, like, where does the Chinese population fit into all this? You know, what do they mm. want to see? Right. Yeah, I mean, but but the, that's the thing, though. We're not going to know what they really want. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to get the, the, the actual because it's it's different. You know, it's like you, the, the, the voices that you're going to hear coming out is that China is great and China is this and China is going to be like very scripted. You're not going to get, well, I disagree with the this part of what China is doing. You're not going to get that. You know, and, and the thing about it is to use, you know, the voices that will popped up and they're going to prop up. You know, you might hear, you know, Yao Ming make a statement and it's going to be a statement that was written for him to make. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter how Yao Ming really feels. He has to say a certain thing. You know what I mean? You might hear. Uh, Stephon Marbury say a certain thing because he is in China, he's playing in China, he's living in China, and there is a certain thing that he can't say now. I mean, it's just different, and that's the part that that you know. I, I think that if we're going to to listen to the um, the try to listen to the other side and put it contextualize everything, you're not getting the real story. So you just have to be able to say, okay, we're going to concentrate on the business move and put all the other stuff aside because it would be business, you know, profitable for us to be ordered to deal with China. Just say that. You know what I mean? Don't say that you're not aware of the issues. Don't say that you, you know, don't know enough about what, don't do that. Just say that we're, you know, be honest, but honest in politics doesn't always necessarily go hand in hand. <laughs> well, again, especially when, to be honest, you have to kind of say something against your morals, right? And, uh, you know, it's hard with a straight face for, you know, athletes who stand up for, you know, all the civil rights issues here in the U.S., then go over to China and say, yeah, but I'm really in it for the money. You know, it's and, right. and that's really the squeeze that everyone's in, is they're having to now 
choose where before it was kind of more don't ask, don't tell. And so I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more shoes to drop. A lot of big Nikes are going to be dropping before this comes to an end. And uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I would guess, you know, that, that the NBA's best play is to just stop talking. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, a lot of no you know, comments. <laughs> a lot of no comments. A lot of not my areas. A lot of right. just concentrating on the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of those kind of comments. I think that's going to be, there'll be a, I think the NBA will come out with a position on that, you know, on, you know, here's our official position uh, without, you know, seeming like they're kind of, you know, over editing. Uh, because mm-hmm. again, this is one of those issues that the more you talk, the the more things can get misconstrued or, uh, you know, because again, the more honest you are, the more you're going to be. It's going to come off as critical. So I agree. And I don't think I the agree. NBA in the long run is you know fiduciarily going right. to take on transforming China over building their business. I mean, that's of not, course not. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not Adam Silver's job to do that. I hear you. So, I agree. All right, and on that note, we're going to take another break and come back with some some great stuff. We got more Antonio Brown. We hey. got uh, an interesting, uh, you know, kind of Penn State thing we're going to be talking about, and uh, uh-huh. uh, we got a yeah, we got a couple of good ones. So hang on, we'll be right back after this on Centers of Attention. I'm Danny Shays with Aton Thomas. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And we are back. Danny Shades with the Tom Thomas on Centers of Attention. And, of course, Syracuse NC State tonight. Cuse uh, getting back on the field after an extended break. And at 5 p.m., Seth Goldberg and Brent Axe will get you ready for the big game. They'll share with you all the experts who weighed in on ESPN Syracuse during the week, including Eric Dungey and head coach Dino Babers. And then uh, that's on the Romano Subaru pregame show. And then after the game, a little bit different, uh, the postgame show, the Burdick Toyota postgame show, will be uh, Seth and James Monroe. They will take your calls about the game, but it's after the Giants game tonight. So uh, so pay attention to that uh, a little bit later uh, postgame show. So we're looking forward to Cuse getting back on the field. And a ton uh, uh, we'll be uh, talking more about that uh, over the next couple days. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, getting back to the football side of it, as, as we talked earlier, football is a very different culture uh, than what you see in basketball. Uh, much more about uniformity, much more about cookie cutter, uh, guys fitting into a role, into a position, you know, very position specific. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've had some issues coming up. Uh, about and it's very much more restrictive than other sports. You know, we see it in the uniform code, we see it in some of the behavior codes. Uh, but there was a great story out uh, about the headband controversy. What do you think about mm-hmm. that one? I mean, uh, you know, it was a little bit. It, I, I didn't quite know how to expl- how to um, interpret it. You know, I mean, and and you because you've had different players before wear headbands, and you know, they said all kind of different things, but. I don't understand why this particular case with uh, Demario Davis um, and his Man of God headband was kind of singled out. It kind of made me kind of, you know, pause. Okay, why are you choosing this one to have the issue with, but not all the other ones? And that just goes back to our conversation before about the NFL and how they determine 
um, what's a violation and what's not a violation. Like, there's no set rules. You know, there's no, you know, um, consistency with what they're having an issue with. So this one, I, uh, you know, it made me raise raise a few eyebrows there. Well, we've seen a few others. We've seen OBJ with his $100,000-plus watch that he wore during the game. <laughs> you love uh, referring to that, don't you? <laughs> that, that was an issue. But uh, but this is an interesting one because you're right. Linebacker Demario Davis had a, uh, a headband, got fined seven grand. And they said if you wore it again, it would be fourteen grand. I got you know seven grand. I don't know how they come up with the exact numbers. It was like right. seven thousand fourteen dollars. I mean something, a little kind of odd. Or maybe it was a game. Yeah, you know, maybe a game salary. Not sure exactly. But, uh, but he he appealed and won the appeal. So uh, he was able to at least save the fine, which he decided as a as a man of God to donate to charity mm-hmm. uh, and also did a fundraiser around that and raised a bunch more money and uh, right. all of which. Uh, is going to charity. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to uh, St. Dominic Hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, and he's right. they sold a bunch of the headbands, over thirty grand worth. So now it's turned into a, a $40,000 donation, essentially, uh, benefiting yeah. people. Uh, you know, and uh, Davis was, uh, uh, you know, thrilled that he was able to turn that into something positive. But, uh, you know, so good for him. Yeah, and I saw this 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 um, article where all these students, it was like probably 100 different students, and they all wore Child of God hand, headbands in support of Demario Davis. I just thought that was kind of cool. But but then exactly. but going back to with, with the but with the NFL, why are they choosing this one? That goes back to my question there. This particular headband and this what this particular message was, you know, why are they choosing this one to make an example of and say that you can't do this? What well, was their like, justification? Probably a bunch you haven't heard of. Uh, with all these all these fines, but uh, uh, but they are pretty heavy with it. But I think it's really a culture thing. Now there was another story about the uh, Penn State football, right? And this is a team that uh, you know has a long storied history. Uh, they had you know forty plus years with Joe Paterno as their head coach, and uh-huh. uh, you know they're now undefeated again. They've kind of regrouped after that all whole controversy, built another program again. But a lot of the alums are. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot. I don't know the number, but one of the alums right. sent a letter uh, dissatisfied with some of the new rules, players having visible tattoos, long dreadlocks, uh, you know, stuff that wasn't uh, allowed under the old Joe Paterno style. And uh, again, the comment is not not a race thing at all, but it's just a style thing. Uh, you know, but there's been precedents. You remember the Yankees for years had no facial hair. Famous case when Johnny Damon signed uh, the, the the star player for the Red Sox, who had this big flowing beard, and he came in and shaved it off because the rules were everyone had to be clean shaven. So, uh, you know, this is kind of again another football culture thing that's bumping heads with you know modern times. And so I would say a little bit different. I think the Penn State situation is a little bit different. Uh, number one, they don't have this this rule in anymore. So in the, in the player that they were um, specifically talking about, I mean, he's a, a great student. I mean, but he has long locks. Now, of course, I have had my locks for a long time. My son has his locks. So this one was a little bit offensive to me as well. And I do look at it as it as a little bit of a racial issue because, you know, white players don't have locks. So she didn't have a problem with the with the 
white players that have long hair, but they they in the, in the just as far as the letter. Now they might have had an issue with that as well, but just as far as the letter, right. they listed the locks as being the problem, and that that that's a touchy one with me because a lot of because locks are not um, accepted by mainstream America, then that means that it is somehow has this negative connotation to it. And this this was the same thing that 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 um, you know if you remember when the Jay Z controversy happened and the 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 foundation um, that they were going to donate some of the money to, and they had this big locks cutting ceremony because they wanted to you know cut the guy's locks and make them a new person on a better way of life. But that type of mentality, I mean, that's it's just offensive. There's only way I can say it. I mean, it's, it's offensive in so many different ways. And then the the explanation that the person who wrote the letter gave for it was even equally offensive. You know what I mean? I mean, it did they didn't make it any better. So it's it's if this isn't a rule that they have right now because it's so displeasing to your eye and you feel comfortable enough to write a letter to him um, with your disgust. I mean, and I hope I hope this isn't representative of the Penn State fans. I was really happy to see a lot of fans come out and denounce this type of, of thinking um, because there was a racial element of it. But that one that one really got me a little bit there, DS. Like I I didn't like this that that one at all, to be honest. And with I, you. I and I'm with you. Like I said, this is a clearly at odds with modern times. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but you do bring up a great point because it's it's very hard to separate an issue like this that say is in this case specific to the black community right Mm -hmm. and so then to sit there say well it's not a racial thing is is a little bit uh you know disingenuous you know i want to say because again this is a a specific thing and it's uh you know more of a uh, you know obviously a culture issue but to sit Mm -hmm. there again to sit there and say well i'm offended but it's, you know, it's not a black thing. Eh, you know, that's the right. part that that bugs me. And again, you know, catch up in the world. I'm, I, we, we, you know, you and I have talked. I'm glad I missed the tattoo era. Um, yes. Well, I am too, I got, though. We we agree I, on that one. Though. I, of course, I, I got too much body hair, so I didn't have trouble. You know, that's just a personal thing. You right. know, I'd have the bearded lady, right, if I had her tattooed on my arm. Uh, again, but that's just a personal preference. I mean, it's I don't begrudge anyone uh, right. from having them. I mean, uh, look, you, you know, uh, Chris Anderson with the tattoos up the neck. It's uh, yeah. You know, plenty of white guys are tattooed up. That's not a, a black or white thing, right? Uh, and uh, uh, but but again, you're right. I think that this also goes back to kind of the whole social media world, where mm-hmm. you like you now people who didn't have a voice before. You know, anyone mm-hmm. can kind of say anything, right? And a lot of people, you know, frankly, just don't have the cred to say stuff that they say. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't begrudge them having the freedom to express. But when you don't have the credibility to say it, you know, it becomes kind of a waste. I mean, not every opinion needs to be blabbed all over the place. Right. I mean, but just the audacity to be able to write them a letter and say that I am offended by your hair. I mean, that's that's a lot, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I like if, if there was, you know, I don't know. And this is like the, the Penn State has enough problems of their past. Let's just start to oh, yeah. be worried about somebody's hair. You know what I mean? They have a whole different thing that it, they still kind of just swept up under the rug. And I, you know, wanted to see if this person was equally offended by the by the past, uh, you know, allegations. Well, I won't even say allegations, but you know of, of Sandusky and what's was going on for years was this person equally offended by that you know what I mean but to be worried about somebody's hair it just like oh there's more things that you could be worried about They're well just, and it oh. brings up the point is, is they offended by Trevor Lawrence look at you know, with his old hippie hairdo you know the right uh, right if you want to go back to the old days right from the 60s mm-hmm. and uh, you know is, is that an issue and I get that that goes back to kind of the culture element of it and uh, so oh see I totally I totally get it 
Yep. So yep. catch up, catch up with the times, honey. That's uh, yes, uh, please. <laughs> catch, catch up with the times. Right. Uh, all right, we're going to take a, another break here on Centers of Attention with Atan Thomas and Danny Shays. We'll be right back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is Centers of Attention with Atan Thomas and Danny Shays. And we are back, Danny Shades with the Tom Thomas on Centers of Attention. And uh, uh, Tom, this is the kind of the show where we, we always bring up something a little bit on the lighter side. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think your, your son likes shoes. My son is a total uh, sneakerhead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's on top of every drop and every collaboration and every this version and that version. And, and I, I just saw that a company came out with uh, what they're calling the Jesus Shoes. Oh, Lord. Uh, they took All right, explain some, what this is. Go, there you go. Oh, Lord. Uh, they took some Nike Air Maxes. It's not a Nike thing. They did it on their own. And they got water from the Jordan River and ins- and injected them into the soles. The soles are clear so you can see it. So they have holy water in the sole or, you know, in the in the cushion in the, in the in the bottom. Blessed by a priest. They've got a crucifix in the laces. Uh, the inner soles red to represent the... Um, uh, you know what the popes used to wear red shoes, and the one that cracks me up is it's even it's got the scent of frankincense in the shoe, uh, <laughs> and the, the three thousand a pair, uh, and they sold out in minutes. Three thousand a pair for you know a basically a juiced up hundred dollar pair of shoes, uh, but the funny part about this is they did it kind of as a tongue in cheek. You know, poke at the collaboration culture. That's there's so many collaborations that are, you know, in their but you know in their thinking they're just nonsensical. I mean, they they mentioned one Arizona iced tea and Adidas. Uh, basically, they're doing a you know an advertising shoe for Arizona iced tea. You know, it's like uh, so they were kind of poking fun, but uh, but you don't put, poke fun at the Jesus crowd. They loved them and uh, and they sold out three thousand a pair. Really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. All right, wouldn't, wouldn't have so expected they, that ending so, part, but <laughs> exactly. So they asked they asked the company if they were going to make a, uh, a, a like another set of them since they did so well. He said and they said, "Well, we're going to see if we're going to have a second coming of the shoes." So you know, always making the the, the Jesus reference in there. So so <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that. And like I said, my son who's a sneakerhead. Uh, he, you know, he follows all that stuff, but uh, yeah. uh, but but on the on the flip side, kind of moving on, women's NBA championship game tonight. Your Mystics are still in it. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's it's two and two, um, so it's all going down tonight, and it's it's gonna it's been a great series. And you know, I, I got a chance to go to one of the one of the games against um, before when they were playing against the Aces. Um, haven't been able to go to the championship, but I've been see saw them there, and it was an exciting game. Like it was really good. Um, but yeah, now today is for for all the marbles. So we're gonna see what happens 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, they'll be playing against the Connecticut Sun. All right, beautiful. And then to finish with our, with the big man shout out, uh, Taco Fall becoming a fan favorite in Boston. Yeah, seven four <laughs> seven five athletic, and uh, you know the the Celtic fans are, are really turning on to him. 
Oh, they love him. And I saw it in Summer League. They was cheering everything that he did, and it, he, he was just a fan favorite. It's good to see big fellas getting some love. You know big men don't get no love. You know what I mean? That They just want to you know, cheer all the little guards, all Steph Curry and all, all the little guards running around. But the big men, know, it's good to see my man getting some love. So much respect to Taco Fall. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I love when guys get connected locally, you know, when they, they plug into the market, you know, because that's the whole point, right? You want to get with player movement and free agency, you know, it's just always great to see guys get really, you know, kind of uh, part of the part of the town. And uh, right. so good, I agree. Good. Good for Taco. I, and we'll, we'll talk next time about some kind of some fun fan favorite stories. But uh, All right. uh, and on that note, let's go Orange Orange back in action tonight against NC State. And uh, on that note, we'll be back tomorrow. So uh, you have a great night. You're going to be traveling, and uh, I'll be with Seth Everett tomorrow on Centers of Attention. Uh, and uh, bright and early, we'll be talking SU football. And, and uh, my guess is Antonio Brown will find a way back into the news. And, uh, <laughs> he wants to get back in the league. Gets back in the league, man. <laughs> so that's it. We will see you tomorrow on Centers of Attention.